Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Trade Show University. Excited to have you here today. It's another beautiful day here on campus at the university, actually here in Cleveland. A few days ago was beautiful. Today we had a little bit of hail. So <laughs> you got to love Northeast Ohio weather, but it's going to be sunny in here today as we're talking about a very, very important topic and one that is not given enough, enough credit, enough credence, and that is voice of customer input. And I have on someone who's just going to, he is the guy that you want to go to for, for voice of customer. His name is Dave Loomis. Dave is the president of Loomis Marketing, a marketing consulting firm focused on providing Providing and coaching voice of customer interviewing for B2B companies. It's what they do. It's what Dave does. He's got background in helping some of the world's largest and well-known B2B brands. Uh, and he has taught marketing at the Weatherhead School of Management here in Cleveland at Case Western Reserve University as a co-host of the B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast, which is fantastic and always energetic. Dave, welcome to Trade Show University. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yes. And let's start off by telling people a little bit about Loomis Marketing and how you got started and focused on this voice of customer. Right. It's evolved over time, Jim. And I am now completely focused on voice of customer input and the implications that has on a company's strategy, not just a new product development, but also value proposition tightening and exploring new markets, exploring new new products and and other things. So there's there's a lot to it. So it's not just sort of voice of customer for no reason. It's voice of customer for a purpose. <clears throat> and I've I've done a lot of things in my career. I would say you could probably go kind of go through like every kind of of task or or responsibility that there is in the whole marketing roster. And I've probably done it at some at some point in my career. I've experimented on my own with doing fractional CMO work, <clears throat> which is very interesting, and I can do it. But I, I recently went through an exercise, which I suggest to everybody, which is to just analyze all the different things that you've done. If, if your work is career-based, but if it's project-based, what are all the projects that you've done in the last, I don't know, just say decade or something. It's a fun exercise. And then rate them on, you know, three things. What you do best, what you love doing the most, and can you make money at it? Like, is it adding value, I guess, would be a way of, of saying that. And I did that. And all the projects that that relate to doing voice of customer came out on the top for me. 
And that was my message to myself that this is what I, <laughs> this is, it's what I already did, but it's what I really need to do all the time, every day. And so that's what I do. That's great exercise, especially because then you're adding even more value because you enjoy it. You, you're going to have more enthusiasm. You're going to dive deeper into those projects and, and add more value for your customer if you're doing exactly what you enjoy doing. Wow. that's No doubt that's, about it. Got to love what you do. And I do. That's, <laughs> that's outstanding. So let's start by talking about a little bit about voice of customer. Get people kind of get us all on the same page. What do you, when you talking voice of customer, what is it that you're talking about? And maybe what are some things that your customers are surprised about? Or what, what are some misconceptions about voice of customer? Big topic and, and great question. And, <laughs> and very, I would say salient because voice of customer is such a hot, a hot topic. And the term voice of customer, I've actually met the person who invented the term and, and she told me that it, it was really related to new product development. That's, that's, that's what it originally was sort of created to describe, but over time, that term has come to represent for a lot of companies almost anything that they do that involves customer contact. So I would be very surprised if we would ask really any company out there, do you do any voice of customer? And they'd say, oh, yeah, sure, we do voice of customer. We have salespeople talking to our customers all the time, and they hear their voice. And we have field service people going out. And when they're doing either repairs or fixing something or taking care of a service problem, they're talking to customers and they're bringing back the customer's ideas. That's what they say. Or they maybe they're doing net promoter score. Mm -hmm. So they're doing, you know, customer satisfaction research, especially NPS, net promoter score. And they're saying, that's voice of customer. And I'm not going to argue with really any form of customer contact because I think all of that is good and should continue. So this is not an either or. For me, it's an and. And what I mean by that is you probably, as a company, should have a holistic insights program and it should involve lots of things. Customer satisfaction is good. Net promoter score has its place. You know, salesperson, service, contact, all that stuff is great. Collect it, put it in the CRM, do whatever you want with it. The kind of voice of customer that I talk about and that I do for my clients is, is pretty focused. It's qualitative, in-depth interviewing of a small number of customers in specific customer segments. That is the clearest definition I can I can think of to describe the kind of voice of customer that that I do and that I think is just so so important and valuable to uh, really any company. I'm glad you clarified that because as you said, every every time you have an opportunity to interact with your customer and you ask them and you get their feedback, that's all all positive stuff. Absolutely, and you shouldn't should shouldn't stop doing any of it. But if you really want the 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 real deal, 
you've got to go in depth and you've got to be capturing, you know, verbatim what they're, what they're saying versus, you know, asking a sales rep, Oh yeah, they're happy. They love us. You know, <laughs> and you're not hearing. Oh, of course they do. Of yeah, course yeah. they do. Or, or, you know, when I said, when I made the point before, you know, that they come back with the customer's ideas, that's really the, one of the most typical things is because, your salespeople and your service people have not been trained to collect the voice of the customer in the proper way. And so they think they're doing a good thing by bringing back, you know, specifically the idea that the customer has. And then if they're, if they hear the same thing from more than one customer, then that gives them the idea that, oh my gosh, well, we got to do this. And so they say that, Hey, everybody's asking for this. We got to do it. And what they're what they're actually not doing is they're not asking the follow-up questions to see <clears throat> why did the customer, why did you suggest this? What are you trying to accomplish with your suggestion? So they're not getting to the root outcome, the desired outcome. And that's the important thing is to define the customer outcome or desired outcomes, not the customer's idea of how to accomplish that. Because we're in the business we are in, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a company, whatever we're selling or, you know, product or service, and we know best how to actually solve the problems. It's just defining the problems is the important thing. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Solve the problems versus defining the problems. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll define it based on our, our background and our capabilities and might not be exactly what the customer needs. So asking them in very specific ways is what we need to do. I, I want, to, want to dive into a new term that I have heard because I know you're working on a new book. You have your second book coming out. First book, Marketing is Everything We Do. And I just love the title of that because that says so much if you really sit there and think about the title, marketing is everything you do. But let's let's talk about you. You have a new book that's going to be coming out called Customer Outsight. Have not heard that term before, Customer Outsight. Tell us the, the genesis of, of Customer Outsight and how you work that into what you do every day. Sure. I, I came up with the term because I got a little bit tired of hearing the term insight. <laughs> and the reason I, I, I believe it's valid and I still use the term insight. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I think that it's a little bit like voice of customer where all, all these companies, you know, sort of say that they're getting customer insight. And if you talk to them about, well, what does that mean? How are you getting that? Well, I have an analogy and my analogy is like, you know, if you think about a collapsible spyglass that you might see somebody with on a on a, a ship, you know, looking at the ocean and the horizon and seeing what's there. And oh, maybe they see, you know, another ship and and they they zoom in on it, right? They take it, they bring it bring it closer. That is what I feel like most companies do with voice of customer and quote unquote insight. In other words, from their own perspective, they're just looking closer at the customer. So they're just trying to understand more about it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. We need to understand our customers. 
-hmm. but I, I, I still believe it's from our own, you know, our own perspective. My, my analogy for outside is hand that, hand that spyglass over to the customer and ask them to look at you and then ask them questions and about what they see, because this is really what we're trying to do. We're trying to change our perspective as much as we possibly can to understand as much as possible about the customer's perspective. What's the context of the business world that they're operating in right now? You know, they use our products and services, but they use hundreds and thousands of products and services all for a single goal for them to be as profitable and successful as possible. So that should be our goal too. And how do they view us? How do they view us versus the competition and what they need to accomplish? And at the end of the day, of course, our business is the be all end all, but to our customers, we will always be a tool to accomplish their goal. We're just helping them, whatever we do. And so that's what outside is. That's what outside is, is it's gaining that that custo- that true customer perspective. And that is great perspective. Wow. So have you found some of the clients that you're working with, you're doing these, the voice of customer work with that, that you started asking or having the their clients give that reverse perspective or that outside to them that has totally changed their the their trajectory or, or the way they were doing things? Yes, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about it. <clears throat> I'll give you a great example that, that from a from a communication standpoint in this in this example case. But I had a client that that produces background screening services. And when I started working with them, the the messaging that they had was clearly developed by an ad agency. And it's it sounded like that. It was something like the perfect merger between technology and humanity. What does that mean? What does that mean at all? But what does that mean to a customer or a potential buyer? And is it really getting to the unique value proposition that that company has and can really own? Because you know what? I, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. Any company that's in business and can stay in business, there's a reason why customers buy your product and stay with you. There is an actual reason. It might be that you're the lowest price, but that's not actually usually the case. It, it's usually something else. It may be product-oriented, it may be service-oriented, or a combination of those things. But it's very important for companies to understand what that is and how to describe it, not in their own terms or some ad agency's terms, but in the, the way the customer describes it, that that true that outside language. And so <clears throat> I worked with, I, I went and interviewed a bunch of customers, this, this in-depth qualitative interviewing that I talked about. And lo and behold, I found that it came down to three different things. And by the way, I had looked at the website and sales materials and other things, and I had found that the company, when I started working with them, 
was hanging their hat on 55 different benefits oh. that fell into 11 different buckets. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but this is so typical. This is really very typical. This these things build up over time and it happens. And I'm I yeah. So I I got we got it down to three things. People who care going above and beyond delivering information you can trust. People process results. And our goal was to come up with a simple phrase. Usually that, you know, it's very simple. It shouldn't really be more than three things that anybody in the company can remember and maybe say in their own way, but it's an elevator pitch that isn't going to be confusing. And it's said in the customer's words, people who care, going above and beyond, delivering information you can trust. Like those are words, we didn't make that up. Those are verbatim words from the customer interviews. And we heard it so often, time and time again, that this was the thread that we pulled out. That was the outsight. That's amazing. That's amazing. Everyone, if you if, if you need to rewind that, listen to that again, because that is just absolute gold. If you're not talking to your customers mm -hmm. and finding out, you could be spinning your wheels and thinking that you're doing the best thing ever. And you you might even be growing, but you could you might not be growing at the pace that you could be. It reminds me of, of a story regarding trade shows. There was a, a company that was on a board of a of an organization and they were putting together their annual show and everyone from the organization was talking about, oh, we're going to add, you know, big, you know, more trade show floor hours and we're going to bring in this keynote speaker and all this stuff. And and after a while, the guy said, Hey, can I can I stop you for a minute? He goes, we don't come for any of that. We come for the educational opportunities and the CEUs that you guys bring. If you guys got rid of everything else, he goes, we'd still show up. <laughs> he goes, so wow, you're, wow, you're spending... and that's unexpected. Yes, yeah, that was unexpected, and that was someone <laughs> who's on the board. So that is someone, and they're not even so that they their own people just going and doing what they thought they should be doing. He goes, did you ever ask? You know, the customers and there was like crickets <laughs> coming around the room. So, so uh, uh -huh. listen to that again, what Dave just said, and, and just take that to heart and take that to your business plan as you move forward. And let's, let's shift gears if we can, and let's talk about trade shows and, and companies that are either putting on their own trade shows, or maybe they're exhibiting at a show and how can they best utilize, give them a couple tips on how they can best utilize voice of customer. Absolutely. I, well, I, I also feel like voice of customer is also misunderstood because I think people think that it has to be like have a beginning, middle and an end. Like, oh, we're doing a voice of customer study and it's going to start here and we're going to do it and then it's going to be over, you know, and then it'll be the, the, then that'll be the end of the study. And it's like, well, what about continuous voice of customer? I mean, Think about that concept. And, and trade shows are a perfect example of this, in my opinion, which is <clears throat> if you go into the trade show with a mindset that you want to understand, that you want to engage in conversations with the customers that are going to show up there that you have, 
really think about strategically what what are some things that you'd like to learn and and then have those conversations make sure, sure every all the people on your team are on the same page and <clears throat> try to drive to those out, desired outcomes so in other words when you're having a conversation and it's somebody you know walks by and then they come in your booth and you're talking to them of course obviously we're trying to sell things but really what are we trying to do we're trying to understand customer needs and 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 really honestly determine is there a good fit between us and and whatever that person is because we want them to succeed whether it's with us or with someone else so we're trying to discern that but if if company if somebody if a customer said boy i wish i had blank you could say tell me more about that and you could th- you know what maybe one one version would be oh okay and you take notes about their specific idea like we were talking about before another approach would be oh how would that help you oh well i'm having a problem with x oh tell me more about your problem and then you're driving towards the issue the challenge that they're having and the desired oh i think we might be able to help with that did you know we have blah 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 so there's ways to listen. You have to really be a good listener and we can teach that, you know, that you can learn to be a good listener and, and then direct the conversation to better understanding customer challenges. What do you think is the best way? Cause I love what you just said there. What do you think is the best way to capture that information is because if that's something that just kind of comes up in conversation, or do you train your team and are prepared to have those conversations? There's lots of ways to capture it from very, very sort of informally to very formally. <clears throat> so on the informal side, you could have a conversation if you feel like it's not appropriate, given the situation to be taking notes, you know, on a pad of paper or, you know, on your tablet, you know, or whatever, then try and remember as much as you can. And as soon as that conversation is over, go and write it down so that you're just like remembering, because we all forget a lot more than we think. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum are, you know, more formal settings, like maybe you're at a trade show and you have actually you know, have a a hospitality suite where you can interview someone or you have like a room or a place in your, to sit down and you're really talking to them. I mean, I've seen people ask, you know, is it okay if I record this? You know, sometimes I see that on job sites or other, you know, things where you can't take notes, but, but definitely try and write them down. And afterwards, I think debriefing is incredibly important. So, trying to take, you know, your notes, but then you have colleagues and putting them all together. And whether that's, you know, you you name it, whether it's a spreadsheet, a Word doc, the CRM system, special fields that you set up for certain feedback. There's all sorts of ways to do this these days, obviously, but just <laughs> try to try to try to record it and remember it because you, your brain might it won't hold all that much. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for for that. And yeah, there are a lot of tools available out there and and maybe being a little strategic ahead of time so that knowing that, hey, it's what our, our customers are going to be at this show, our target audience is going to be at this show. Maybe there's a good way to capture some of this information while we're there. <laughs> we're already talking to them so that when 
like you said, when that one comment comes up that you can have your team already trained and thinking of, oh, I, I want to take this conversation deeper. I don't want to just let this person go or move them on into a demo. I want to I want to know more before I move them into the demo or whatever the next step in that 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 booth flow is for that for that customer. So, and I'm sure that people want to get some information or some some tips or thoughts on that. They could probably reach out to reach out to Dave after after this. Absolutely, but Dave. As as we kind of uh, turn the corner and start to wrap up our our conversation today, what are what are a couple of tips or their main takeaways you really want people to to leave with our conversation from today? Well, I would say having this idea of driving to an outcome with your customers, like trying to understand them better, trying to, as much as possible, empathize and see things from their perspective is, is, is very, very important. And to learn more, you really do have to become a better listener. And to me, listening doesn't just happen in the moment. It happens before, which is your mental preparation for it. Then it happens in the moment. And then the best way to prove you're a good listener is follow-up. So it actually good listening is partly happens after a conversation. And so I would say those are those are key sort of, I think, foundation blocks for for successful customer service, understanding, eventually sales, that whole nurturing process. And of course, trade shows, which is the 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 focus of the of the university <clears throat> it, 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 that is that is just a great and one of the best if not the best ways to interact with a number of customers you know at the same time in the same place which is why they exist <laughs> why they, why trade shows exist they've existed since the beginning of of time in a lot of ways market marketplaces back in, you know, say the middle ages or, you know, when, when people were selling their things in central, in a centralized location, you could argue that's a trade show. Yeah, very true. Very, and I never thought of that. Oh, give me some inspiration for some, some future topics. There you go. But the, the, oh my gosh. So everyone take, take, get those takeaways from, from what he said to become a better listener. And at the trade show, you have great opportunities, but it's not just a trade show. And I'm going to go back to something you said earlier that I wrote down. I love this continuous voice of customer, which means year round. Because how many times, you know, if we've, if any of us have been in business for a while, we probably had a long-term customer that may all of a sudden they're not ordering as much from you, or they, you see, they find out they went to a competitor and, and you don't know why. And you, you start to make guesses as to, oh, must be the price, must be this or that. But if you don't, if you are in continuous talking with them and communicating and getting their feedback, those things won't happen, or you'll be able to re react and, and recover a little bit differently. So I love that continuous voice customer. Dave, thanks so, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and, and what you do every day. This has been outstanding. If people wanted to reach out to you, get in, get in touch with you, ask you some questions, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, you will find my website at loomismarketing.com, L-O-O-M-I-S marketing.com. My email is dave at loomismarketing.com. You can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn. And I will be 
responsive. I, I love, uh, love just helping out, even if I'm, as I said earlier, you know, our goal is to help other people. So if, it, if it's a good fit and I can help, that's, that's awesome. If, if not, there's a good chance I know somebody who can help or, or, or answer your question. So, so please reach out. Thank you so much. And I will make sure to drop all your links right to the show notes. So everyone click on that show notes button, reach out to Dave. He is a wealth of information just, and just a fantastic human. So I appreciate that. And, and check out his podcast as well. That's a, it's a great listen. It's a great listen, a lot of energy and a lot of great information. So thank, thank you. you so much, Dave, for, for joining me today. Really appreciate you. Yep. Happy to be here, Jim. And thanks for asking me. Absolutely. Everyone, keep coming back here to campus. Make sure you're subscribed. Get over to our website at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U, dot B-I-Z, and sign up for the newsletter. It's just, just great stuff coming out every single week and so many great interviews just like this one. Then they're probably not as good as this one, but uh, yeah, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, I'm sure they're all so, great. <laughs> and keep coming back here to campus each week at Trade Show University. We'll see you next time.